1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowy.
2: For downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, this is Series 1, Episode 31, Lost and Found Objects in the 2011 Fly Fishing Season. The more you fish, the more you're going to find stuff, and I probably went no more than three days without fishing the entire 2011 season. That does not include the two weeks I took off when Kiersey was born. Throw in the fact that I live in an urban area where there's more people, it's a big watershed, you're going to find more stuff just on that frequency that you're out. So I've compiled a list of things I've found, things I've lost, some of them good, some of them junk, some of them kind of hilarious, some bizarre. And most of the stuff that was fishing-related, not fly fishing, I would put in a Ziploc bag or a plastic bin in the back of my car and save for my buddy Holt and just give them to him. But now I'm going to start saving those up and see if I can sell them on Craigslist and then I'm going to buy some uh, beer with that money. But Holt now is starting to fly fish. His buddy Jimmy just built him a 9-foot, 6-weight Loomis with a phenomenal black finish to it with black and silver wraps and a really cool window pane reel seat. So hopefully Holt's going to start converting over to fly fishing. and He's not going to need all that stuff anymore, which gives me the confidence I can sell it and not offend him. So without further ado, let's start talking about with... The randomness of this whole podcast. Uh, I found at least 20-plus soccer balls. They, I guess, float downriver from kids playing near the water or they get kicked into the gutter and then the next rainstorm washes them in. I really have no idea, but we found plenty of them. And I know there's organizations that collect soccer balls and donate them to kids in foreign countries, but these were really just in the marshes and swampy areas that we really couldn't get our canoe to or were just in places that I just didn't want to go. Throw in a couple of basketballs and a bunch of those red... Playground balls, and you've got enough to uh, start your full game of dodgeball. We're drifting above the binocacy where it meets the Potomac, and we found a car in the middle of the river this summer. That doesn't you know, have anything to do with the uh, probably 300 tires we found on the river this year, but we found a full car sitting in the river. And if you want pictures of all of these, go to flyfishingconsultant.blogspot.com, and you can see pictures of a lot of the stuff I found, the more hilarious, bizarre, and random things. I found a locket in a parking lot—the kind that you open up. And it's like two little hearts, and you can put pictures inside. So I gave that to Trent when I stopped over at Orvis one day. Fishing at Chain Bridge, I found a bag of Zoom brand salty fat Albert watermelon seed grubs—just a high-tech term, I guess, for green speckled rubber worms. It floated downstream, so I grabbed it with my net. I found probably a dozen, two dozen bobbers. In the trees and the banks that people drop, just those little plastic red and white ones or yellow and orange ones, some made out of styrofoam. And I found two when I was steelhead fishing a couple weeks ago in Ohio, and gave okay, this is my father-in-law when I was done fishing that day because he's a bait fisherman when he goes to Colorado for half the year, and figured he could use them. Plenty of broken spinning rods. I don't know what it is with uh, spinning anglers that if they break the rod, they just leave it in place. Maybe they're expecting somebody to gut the pieces and use it for their. Own rods to repair, I'm not sure. What I did is with one of them, it still had a nice cork grip, and it was just the base, about three feet of the actual graphite. So I tied a piece of yarn to it, and I've got one of those little casting practice devices that you can use. Found a full Budweiser can when I was cleaning up the shoreline at 4 Mile Run. It looked like it had been on the muddy banks for a while, so I just threw it up into the trees and uh, picked it up later, threw it in the trash bags on my way out found a can of Bud Light when we were drifting the middle section of the Potomac in the summer. It looked perfectly fine, like a tuber had dropped it the night before, but it had dragonflies sitting all over it, and they had been laying their eggs, so the whole can was covered in like these nasty little eggs, so it just didn't look appetizing. We probably could have popped a hole in it with a pair of hemostats and shotgunned it, but it was probably just too warm and too gross. One of the weirder things I found this year it was a birthday cake, and you're like, "So what? Maybe somebody had a picnic on the uh, banks of the river and left it." No, this was at Four Mile Run, which is tidal, and I was out fishing on January 29th or 21st of 2011, and I came across a birthday cake at low tide on the shoreline, which means three, four hours ago that cake had been submerged underwater. And how long it had been there, I'm not sure. And I was kind of middle of nowhere. So this cake had been underwater with that little plastic cover, wet, and the icing had not dissolved, the cake hadn't dissolved, so that just tells you what goes into the food these days, and you can still make out happy birthday, Frank, or whatever it was, and little sugar flowers around the words. That's just disgusting, but it was nice and random, and it made for a colorful picture. We were down to Gravelly Point one day, and this guy gets off his boat. He says, hey, look, there's a digital camera in the water. And this kind of was like that Seinfeld episode when George thought he was spotting raccoons at night. But uh, no, this guy really did see a a digital camera. He didn't have polarized glasses on, which is the hard thing to believe. So I got in the water. I had my waders on and my net. And sure enough, I scooped up an Olympus or Canon digital camera. The thing was garbage. But we pulled out the Ultra 2 2 gig memory disc. And I plugged it into my computer. But it was just too, um, I guess, oxidized on the little pieces of metal here that it doesn't read anything. I could probably clean it up a little bit better, get something off of it. But, you know, we thought, hey, maybe there's something interesting on here. Found a nice canoe paddle at Riverbend Park, the kind with the different colored inlaid wood. I think it's probably upwards of $150. So I absolutely kept that one, that one in my collection. And that's hanging up in my parents' garage with the rest of my canoe equipment. Of the clothing we found this year, Finding shoes is always bizarre. Granted, I saw a guy step in a thing of mud and lose a flip-flop early during the shad run. So that tells us where flip-flops come from. But what about Timberlands and like Adidas soccer shoes and high tops? You find a lot of random shoes. Never a pair, just that one single one. Trent wanted to start a blog on the shoes he finds in the Potomac. I Granted, with um, his busy schedule now as fishing manager, Orvis, he is not getting that done. Found some hats, baseball hats, uh, cowboy hats, sunglasses. Found a bra hanging from a tree on Holmes Run in Falls Church. That's kind of random. That whole section, that tree is now gone after the Tropical Storm Lee came through. And we got nine inches of rain in one day. That section is completely gone. Found underwear from boxers to tidy whities to funderwear. And when I mean funderwear, I mean... Leopard print fundies. We're not talking little Victoria's Secret petite underwear. I'm talking flag size, jump out of an airplane parachute, holding the water by a rope behind your kayak, slow you down size. That would make the underwear in road trip look like a handkerchief. These things were huge, and they were kind of just in the rocks at four-mile run. So you got to question some people. Find a lot of jeans, especially the a homes run. I don't know how you can walk into a creek and walk out without your pants on, but found about four or five pairs of jeans this summer. A couple shoulder bags, a backpack, some purses. Granted, I'm always gonna look inside of those because you never know if there's gonna be money or something valuable in there. I watch enough storage wars now that you never know when you're gonna find something valuable when you're not looking for it. Found a lot of crankbaits, and these are usually stuck on rocks or trees where The fishermen that are throwing them can't go and we're either wet wading or we're in the water with waders or we're in the boat and we can get access to and pull them out of the tree. I pulled out one crankbait at Gravelly Point that was probably nine inches long with three sets of treble hooks and it was articulated. I don't know what they were planning on catching in there. Probably one of the 27 to 30 inch stripers that come in, but that thing was huge. Found a dog leash on one of the streams. On the Salmon River, New York, I found a cork and rubber fly rod fighting butt. I found a leather football at Four Mile Run last winter. And the thing is, I'm not too coordinated. I mean, I can throw a fly and tie some flies, but I can't catch. I can't hit a baseball. can't hit a softball. can't shoot a hoop for my life. So I kept it knowing my wife would teach me how to throw a football and catch it. Because when I was a kid, I'd always jam my fingers when i tried try to catch the football. So she was outside on the hill with me. that was seven months pregnant, and we were throwing a football one day. That was kind of fun. Found a can of Miller High Life floating down at Chain Bridge on the D.C. side. Uh, Pulled it up on shore. It was pretty nasty. We put it down, and just the pressure from putting it down, that thing exploded. On Black Friday, I found a kayak paddle out in Reston. I'm guessing it washed down from somewhere and got lodged in the trees on the shoreline. It's a nice Hobie carbon whatever paddle, I don't know what they're really made out of, but it's nice. I think it's about 120 bucks, so I'm keeping that one. Found a lampshade on the Potomac at Riverbend. That was pretty random. I mean, you're always going to find, like, random stuff in that river from, like, barn doors and those blue plastic, like, oil drums that come down. But a lampshade just sitting there, that was a new one. I found a long-handed Landing net, which I gave to uh, young Victor down uh, on Four Mile about a month ago. He's just a kid. He doesn't have a job, so he can't afford a net. So I gave him a nice net. He happened to be fishing with corn that day and land a big old like 10-pound carp. So he got to use his net on the first day I gave it to him. Found a motorcycle helmet on Akatin Creek one day. That was just random. One day I was drifting my boat through Lake Audubon in the carp section. And my client looks down and says, hey, there's a mountain bike down there. And sure enough, we looked over, and there was a mountain bike. So I came back the next day with uh, my boat and some rope and some string and stuff. And it was about two hours before my clients. So I rode out there, tried to you know burn some calories by myself and just hauled ours to the other end of the lake. And I put in a bungee cord because that had a hook on it. And I was able to pull the bike out. And it was a fairly new-looking, specialized mountain bike. It had um, midges and snails and scuds all over it, and it was covered in mud, and the mud kind of ruined my boat. Everything was coated in mud, stinky mud, mind you, the anoxic stuff from you know, the bottom of the lake. And I was going to take it, but it was just so muddy. I paddled it over to a dock and just set it up on the dock. When I was a kid, people would ride bikes into the lake. There's a. If you ever go out with me on the lake, I'll point it out. There's a small dock, maybe 15 feet long, with a 45-degree angle sidewalk coming down to it. And there was a little wooden ramp at the end that some neighborhood kids built. And you could ride your bike and jump it in. There's kids that ride their bike into the boat ramp all the time. But this was just in the middle of nowhere, sort of residential housing. And there wasn't much of a shoreline. It was all plants growing along there. And I eventually asked the owners of the house adjacent to where I found it, you guys, you lose a mountain bike. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And um, so I, it wasn't there. Someone didn't ride it in from there yard so maybe it washed down in a flood i'm not sure
0: fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are, discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: Found um, a picnic table sitting on a rock in the middle of the Potomac River. Very random. One day before my client, I was taking a nap in my boat on an island upriver from the Riverbend Park. And I just opened my eyes and looked up, and about six or seven feet up in the tree, there was a pink plastic yard flamingo. So I pulled him out, and he's been in my boat ever since, and his name is Domingo. Domingo the Flamingo. Found a nice pair of uh, spring-loaded pliers at Chainbridge earlier this year. Keep those in the back of my car. Found a nice folding pocket knife, the kind you can just open with your thumb. Found that at Accotent Creek. Found a lot of pool noodles. I don't know how those get in the river. I guess people are swimming with them like at Algonquin Park upstream or Somewhere where swimming's legal in the Potomac River, above the tidal section, and I guess they lose them and they float down, so there's plenty of pool noodles. Found a huge saltwater spinning reel just sitting on the shore at Chain Bridge in April, so I gave that to, I wasn't going to give it to Holt, but my father-in-law came to visit when the baby was born, and he decided to take it for himself. One of my clients at Riverbend, first he caught his dad in the throat with one of my big hoppers, which was kind of gross. And it was debarbed, and it was still hard to get out of there, which is kind of kind of creeping me out. I got kind of woozy pulling it on it. But the kid was fly fishing, and he hooked into a 7-foot white spinning rod with a reel on it, and there was a uh, split shot and a hook with a worm on it. So somebody that day or recently had lost an entire outfit, and this kid pulled it out, and it was his to keep. You find plenty of rubber worms just on the shore, and... The whole rubber warmth thing didn't really occur to me, or I wasn't cognizant about it until um, I want to say it was the Activist Angler blog, and maybe Moldy um, Chum talking about discarded rubber and plastic baits that bass and other fish will eat them, and it'll block their intestines, so they get an intestinal blockage, which means nothing can get into their um, bowels for them to digest and absorb nutrients. So if you catch like an emaciated bass. That's all head and, and just like a ribbon of a body. It probably swallowed a plastic bait, and its guts are blocked, so it can't absorb anything. So it's still going to eat because it's starving, and it's a a huge environmental issue. So once I kind of read about that, I started seeing more plastic baits and picking them up. And if I see them hanging from trees, I throw them in the boat, and then if they're still in one piece, they go in that Ziploc bag in the back of the car, or I just throw them in the, the waste basket, you know, at the boat ramp. Sinkers, man. I found more teardrop and those little pyramid shaped weights around Chain Bridge and Burke Lake and out in Reston. That I mean, my car was getting ready to do a wheelie just from the extra weight in the back of the trunk. I don't know how people keep losing them, I don't know what they cost if they're cheap and people just break them off because they can replace them. But I found tons of those lead weights this year. Found a skeleton glove, it was just a black glove with like a skeleton on it, kind of like. Here's your second reference to storage wars, the ones that Barry wears. One of the more bizarre things I found were cross-country skis. And they were by the river for four or five days. And I just said, finally, I'm going to pick them up. I'm either going to glue shot glasses on them and make a shot ski. If you don't know what a shot ski is, you get a nice long ski and glue like five or six shot glasses a foot apart. You get a whole bunch of people shoulder to shoulder and you fill the shot glasses with booze. And everyone lifts a shot glass or the the ski at once, and everyone has to drink the shot in front of them. They're pretty big in Breckenridge. So I figured I could maybe make a shot ski for DC United tailgates or parties, or I could sell the skis on Craigslist and buy some beer money, or I could decorate them and put them in our condo in Colorado. Um, A, the wife said, get rid of them. We're not taking them to Colorado. B, I couldn't sell them. On Craigslist and see, I put them out by the garbage and they were gone within an hour of me doing that on a Wednesday night. So I couldn't make a shot ski and take them to DC United game. They are fancy; those were like Solomon brand. I put them on Craigslist for fifty bucks, but no one wanted them. Maybe because we haven't had any snow this year. Bet if it was snowing, I put those out on Craigslist, someone would have bought them. That was a nice uh, hot day in end of April. I found a full bottle of Stella Artois and it was up on the shoreline so it didn't wash down it still had that paper ring around it so i took it home with me and iced it down and drank it i know it wasn't like consumed and then somebody urinated it made it pale ale put the cap back on and then i drank it because it still had that like safety seal of paper around it so i was safe and it was good maybe forget how good a you know cold stella could be especially when it's like 5.9 or 6% alcohol So if that was an okay find, the more bizarre find I found this year was when baby lady Kiersey and I were fishing in Long Beach and our line got tangled up with a foot-long strap-on dildo. And believe it or not, that's the second sex toy I found while fly fishing. Tom and I once found a fleshlight with batteries when we were fishing on Big Hunting Creek. Plenty of thingabobbers? thingamabobbers, trying to say that too many times fast. Found a whole bunch of bobbers this year, which is great because mine always break or we lose them. I had one client do a back cast with his and pop it when he hit a branch covered in thorns. Found a nice fish stringer when we were uh, trying to catch some snakeheads down on the Potomac and I gave it to Holt that day because he managed to get a couple with the cast net before we found out cast nets were legal down there. And then I realized I had to get myself one because what am I going to do with the 30 to 40 inch snakehead if my clients catch one and want to take it home after we kill it? Because it's the law in D.C. waters, you have to kill all snakeheads. So I finally have one. Unfortunately, we didn't catch a single snakehead in the 2011 season, so it's still in my fishing bag in it's plastic wrapper. Found a fly rod tip, and the funny thing is about that is it was a client of mine. It was high water in early April and he snagged a rock on the bottom of the Potomac at chain bridge, put his rod tip in to try and free it, broke the fly off and the tip on his echo rod came off. So he eventually paid 30 bucks and they sent him a new tip. When the spring flood levels dropped and at low tide, I went in there and was able to find that rod tip plus like two dozen of my flies that my clients had lost and clouds or minnows from other people. So It's pretty cool that I can go in there and retrieve all the hardware that we've lost. So, A, we're not losing money by wasting flies, and we're not polluting the environment. Dog toys. Tennis balls. I'm guessing there's not too many tennis courts near the river, so people are playing with dog toys, and they're either washing down the gutters, or the tennis balls being hit over the court, and they're ending up in the gutters, or people just playing with their dogs, and the dogs forget the toys. So that compiles the list of random stuff I found. There's got to be plenty more, but when I sat down with the pad and paper. That's what I came up with. And that's what I came up with based on photographs I took. From the things that I did lose, I already mentioned flies. I know we went through at least 300 damselfly nymphs. I had a client drop a landing net in the river. It was actually the client's seven-year-old son who said, oops. And I turned around and I see my $60 Cabela's rubber bag landing net going downstream, which I just finally replaced last week. I bought a fish bat for banging snakeheads to death. And we found out from Holtz fish that he caught, it takes seven hits as hard as you can with a baseball bat to kill a snakehead. I had a pair of uh, protective glasses on, like the kind you'd use in shop class or chemistry lab, because when we're fishing at night, I don't want to get a hook in my eye. And I was leaning over the boat to like pull in the anchor or something, and I didn't have them on a lanyard, and bloop, they fell right in. And wader straps for Overs Pro Guide waders. For some reason on on me, they always fall off. So if I don't duct tape them down, they're going to fall off. And the baby just woke up, so it means I've got to sign off. Thank you for downloading Series 1, Episode 31, Lost and Found 2011. Next podcast is Steelheading in Ohio. Jason, take it away.
1: Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, visit www.robsnowwhite.com.
0: Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.